and welcome into another edition of Unpopular Opinions. I'm Chuck Taylor, and I am joined by the legend, the man, the myth, the legend, the briefcase, Mr. Casey Cobb. Casey, how has your weekend been? Good evening, Chuck. It has been an interesting weekend, uh, to say the least. Not uh, one of my happiest college football weekends. But, you know, some intriguing storylines nonetheless. Yeah, getting ready for Thanksgiving. We got that coming up this week. So I think I've got to make some green bean, uh, green bean casserole this week. Not sure what you're, what are you going to be cooking up? Very nice. Uh, we kind of had our pre-Thanksgiving this, this weekend uh, with um, the fiance's family. And then next weekend, um, having a little post-Thanksgiving thing. Uh, with my dad, so uh, gotcha. yeah, I, I'm not doing any any cooking till they get in town. But um, yeah, I'm, are, uh, are you actually going to be doing any cooking? Uh, you know, I helped fry turkey yesterday, and okay. uh, you okay. know, did, did a little bit of stuff. And I, I'm not really sure what I'll be getting into uh, this weekend, but I'm sure I'll be helping out with something. So all right, I bet um, you're a good potato peeler. So. Yeah, yeah, that's my strength right there. Absolutely, <laughs> that's your go-to. That's Chuck's game right there. Professional potato peeler. I'm I'm a little bit of whatever whatever the people need. You know, I'm a man of the people. Right, I'm right, ma- yeah. man of the people. But um, yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, with that, Casey. I mean, you kind of alluded to it. We had a pretty depressing weekend of uh, college football this weekend. Texas lost, and m lost. We'll get into those. Uh, right. Here in a minute, and then uh, Montana got absolutely just embarrassed in oh, the Cat Grizz, no. Cat Grizz game. Fell to Montana State, forty-eight to fourteen on the oh. road. Just never got anything going. And but uh, looking looking forward to the playoffs. They drew a six seed in the playoffs. Uh, first round by second uh, second round. Um, they'll they'll have it at home uh, hosting. So okay. um, yeah, looking looking forward to that. But. Um, yeah, I, with, I, I saw okay. North Dakota State's got the number one seed again. Yeah, no surprise there. Right. No yeah. surprise there. But, the, you know, they did, they did lose their coach. You know, the coach is coaching over at uh, Kansas State. So, you know. Doing a nice they, job, too. They'll have to do it without Chris Kleinman. Yeah, but. Right, right. Um, but, yeah, so we'll, so we'll get into uh, week 13 picks. Uh, then we'll go into our week 14 picks. And, uh, you know, you'll take us out with your briefcase player of the week and my final take. Um we, you know, we might do a little bit of ranking stuff too, but but not a whole lot changed. Um, so with that, Casey, are you ready? Let, let's go ahead and jump into our week thirteen picks. Go over these games. Yeah, let's um, do it. So uh, let let's start with the with the wild card game. We we did four picks last week, and and uh, we'll be doing four again this week. But let, let's start with the wild card game. We had number twenty one, the SMU Fighting Dallas Ponies against unranked Navy Midshipmen. Uh, Casey, I had Navy winning this one, 33-28. You had SMU winning 34-28. The final was 35-28, Navy's way. Casey, I think uh, we should be getting paid uh, for doing this because it's pretty dead on on this one. What did you see in this game? Pretty close, pretty disappointing. You know, I really wanted the the hometown team to win. I wanted SMU to keep keep the ponies riding, as it were. Um, But I think you were accurate, you know. What, what stuck out to me is, you know, Navy midshipmen, they controlled the clock, Chuck, really. They, they, I think they had about 40 minutes of uh, possession time, time possession during that game, you know, as they do typically run the ball, um, you know, had, had 162 yards passing as well. So 
pretty efficient as that goes. And SMU, you know, they, they're, they're that quick fire offense, score a lot of points. And I, I think Navy just kind of kept the ball away from them. And, and uh, you know, congrats to them. And I guess if you're going to lose to somebody, might as well lose to, lose to uh, uh, Navy or Army or somebody like that. So, so a little disappointed, but uh, yeah, not too, not bad. Yeah, Navy's Navy's got a good team. Malcolm Perry, that quarterback for Navy, is is pretty impressive. I mean, you know, they're never going to throw the ball a whole lot in that triple option offense, but he's almost always the leading rusher. 195 yards in this one, two touchdowns. Uh, He went for a long of 70 70 yards. So, I mean, and he had 162 through the air. That's got to be a a career high for him, or at least a season high, because they never have they never throw more than five passes a game. They threw nine in this one. So, um, yeah. Or Not a bad through fifteen, yeah. So Malcolm Perry had a great game, and uh, Navy's rushing defense kept 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 SMU under a hundred yards rushing. You know, nobody averaged more than four point four yards a carry. So, um, yeah, like you said, Navy, you know, just kind of controlled the game clock, um, like I thought they would with that triple option offense, and they were able to get it done against SMU. So SMU is uh, ranked no more. Um, but yeah, so moving on, let's go to uh, let's go to the Big Twelve. Um, we've got number thirteen, or I guess number fourteen, Baylor. Yeah, number fourteen, Baylor Bears against uh, the unranked Texas Longhorns. Um, let's see, I had Texas winning thirty-one twenty-seven. You had uh, Baylor winning 30, 45-35. The final was twenty-four to ten. Baylor it was really twenty-four to three. Um, right. Casey, you, uh, you know, you, you alluded to it. You, you're not picking Texas anymore because they don't win when you don't pick them. And, and apparently they're just not winning at all anymore. No, no kidding. Yeah, I thought that was going to be it for you. I thought I was going to help you guys out by picking Baylor. But obviously I was wrong. You know, uh, two things stand out to me. Number one is those bright yellow uniforms that Baylor wore. Good Lord. Did you see that? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, I did. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That was that was some bright yellow but the other thing that stood out to me, and, and I was watching the A&M game, kind of slipped in occasionally to check in and see what was going on with Baylor and Texas. Um, you know, Ellinger, QBR of 24.9, you know. I mean, had an interception. I, I think, you know, at, at the beginning of the season, I'm sure you may talk about this some more as well, is that the, the defense of Texas was what I was concerned about with the uh, injuries that they had to the secondary but as we've gone along throughout this season, the offense has just sputtered, Chuck. You know, what do you think is going on with that? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's just been the case all year where one one side of the ball, you know, gets it going and then the other side of the ball falters. And I think now we're getting healthy on defense. We still got one or two guys injured, but we're healthy finally on defense. And we've been producing the past few weeks. We held Kansas State to 21 points, Iowa State to 23, and now Baylor to 24. Right. And if you can hold teams under 25 points in the Big 12, you should win eight out of those 10 games. Right, yeah, um, especially Baylor because they their offense has been firing on all cylinders as well. Exactly, exactly. So, no, this one was not one to uh, blame on the defense. Yeah, Sam and, and that offense just couldn't get it going. Um, they gave Sam 19 carries and – he was able to get some big rushes and, and, you know, start to move the chains a little bit. But, um, you know, yeah, very pedestrian numbers through the air. They really couldn't get anything going in that passing game. And that Baylor defense is, is for real. You know, they're one of the best in the Big 12, if not the best. So, yeah, Denzel Mims with a huge game for Baylor. He's, he's a, a, you know, all-class, all-conference player. He's going to be a high, high draft pick for them. Um, 125 yards receiving with a touchdown. And then Charlie Brewer had a very workmanlike game. Um, 
led the team with 75 uh, rushing yards, which is surprising. But, yeah, this one is not one to pin on the defense. This was definitely an, an offensive lost game. I mean, really, it's 24 to 10. But like I said, I mean, it, it was 24 to 3. They scored a garbage time touchdown literally right. in five seconds left. So, yeah, um, yeah, th- this one, I mean, they've got to figure out how to move the ball better than that if they're going to they're gonna beat Tech next week. Yeah, disappointing season for the Longhorns. You know, I initially predicted them to be 10-2 and two this year, and it's just the wheels came off, man. Yeah, in a big way. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, moving on, let's go to the SEC. We had uh, number four, the Georgia Bulldogs, against the Texas A&M Fighting Aggies. Um, Casey, I had Georgia winning 27-21. You had A&M winning 28-27. This is one of those funky SEC scores. Nineteen to thirteen was your final out uh, in Athens, Casey. Um, I didn't get to watch this one; it was on CBS. So I'm going to let you take the floor. What'd you see out there in Athens, Georgia? Chuck, I'm going to be brief with you here. We got jobbed and robbed once Job again. And robbed. Jobbed and robbed. I think that there was a direct line from the uh, NCAA or the SEC leaders down to the refs on the field saying, do not call calls whenever A&M gets held. Do not call calls whenever uh, something goes awry. And I think A&M got robbed. To be honest with you, A&M kept trying to run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. It was not happening. That Georgia defense is tough. And finally, when they said, you know what, hey, let's go ahead and, and let Kellen Mond try to win this game. You know, he came through and started. they started to have some – some uh, they started to get some plays, get the ball down downfield. You know, our, we had minus one rushing yards, dude. Yep. Minus one rushing yards. You know, then when they start going down the field, you know, we get a we get a non call on a hold pass interference. Um, there's another call where they scored a touchdown on a third down play where the the cornerback just grabbed him by the face mask, pulled him down, and then got free because of that. So I'm still a little bit upset about that at the same time, right? I always got to say, you know, we shouldn't have been in a position to allow the calls on the field to dictate the game. But it was, it was a tough game in the rain, in the mud, just a, a SEC uh, mud fight, really. So, you know, things could have gone our way, could have been a chance, um, you know. And, and uh, you know, Georgia, I don't know, man, I mean – We'll, we'll get into this ranking discussion here in a little bit and talk about it. But, uh, yeah, Jake Fromm, he didn't look good. You know, 35.5 QBR, you know, pass uh, for 163 yards. So the game was there for us to win. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a little disappointed, Chuck. Yeah, um, I think the only real player that you can point to that had a positive offensive game in this one was DeAndre Swift, the running back for Georgia, 103 yards on the ground and 29 right. receiving yards. And then Osborne for, uh, for A&M, 96 yards, nine receptions. Um, certainly had a, a very good game. Um, Mont did, you know, a very serviceable game, 275 yards and a touchdown. But like you said, a&M could not run the ball to save their lives. Uh, they only ran with two people, which I think is kind of strange, but um, Spiller and, and Mond. Um, but and yeah, they kept I'm, trying to run, even when it wasn't working. Then when they gave up on it, hey, guess what? We were able to move the ball. So I don't know if, you know, I, I get it. Jimbo is, is all about trying to, to bounce things out and run the ball. But, you know, there's been times this year where it's like, you know, they keep trying, trying, trying. And then when it's not working, they go to the pass and Kellen Mond's able to make plays. So, yeah. You know, a little frustration there. 
Yeah, that uh, you know they're averaging point six and and negative point nines a carry each. So um, Georgia's defense definitely shut down that running game, but looked like yeah. Georgia had just enough, and I think the home field advantage played a big part in it. And that was that was a big reason why I picked Georgia in this one. But sure, sure. Um, yeah, I, I I didn't doubt at all that A and M would give them a pretty good game. So um, you know, can't be too upset with that one. A real right. close, real close no, match. Not too upset. I guess a little bit upset, but <laughs> just just a little stitches, just, just a little bit, you know. <laughs> um, yeah. So moving on from that, uh, we go into the Big Ten. Easily the biggest game of the week. We had uh, number eight, the Penn State Nittany Lions, against the number two Ohio State Buckeyes. Casey, this one is out in Columbus, Ohio, and I think that played a big role in the final of this one. Penn State. Gave them a game, though. Uh, I had Ohio State winning 45-30. to You had Ohio State winning 42-21. Your final in the horseshoe was 28-17. Ohio State took this one home, but Penn State gave them a game, didn't they? Penn State gave them a game. You know, I was watching the first part of that, and Ohio, Ohio State was up, you know, 21-0, right? I turned on, I'm like, oh, God, this is, this is fixing to be over. And then uh, Penn State got – I can't remember if it was a fumble or an interception, went in and scored. They scored like two – they got 17 points in just like a matter of minutes. So I'm like, holy crap, we got a game here. Um, you know, and I, I think like you said, I think the home field advantage probably did it for them. But, yeah, Penn State Penn State turned in a, a good performance. Um, but Ohio State, once again, you know, proved that they're, they're, they're a superior team. They really are. They're, they're the team to beat in the, in the Big Ten right now. Absolutely. Yeah. I think the turnovers really spelled, you know, was a big reason why it was so close. Justin Fields had three fumbles, lost two of them. And J.K. Dobbins had a fumble by himself. Um, J.K. Dobbins did what J.K. Dobbins does. He's he's an all world player. Um, Got 157 yards and two touchdowns, but it took him 36 carries to get it. So, you know, he wasn't just blowing the doors off Penn State. Their defense definitely was holding up, but um, Dobbins and Fields are, are two incredible offensive players. Um, Penn State couldn't get anything going through the air. Uh, very, very pedestrian passing numbers, um, and really not to, to, you know, really nothing impressive on the rushing game. So Ohio State's defense definitely held them down. But um, yeah, and then Penn State scoring all seventeen of their points in the third quarter, which is kind right. of strange. Yeah. Um, once once Ohio State got through that third quarter, they they shut things down again, but. Ohio State proved again that, the, you know, this was a top-10 matchup. Um, you know, say what you want about Penn State. They're ranked number eight, you know, 13 weeks into the season. They're pr- pretty good, pretty good team. So, um, Ohio State just proving yet again that uh, they very well could be or, or are the real deal this year. Um, so, anyways, with that, uh, let's just take a little peek at the rankings. Uh, not a whole lot changed this week. We did have one big upset that I uh, want to mention here in just a second. But uh, your AP rankings are out. Your college, your CFP rankings will be out in the next day or two. Um, but right now we have number one, LSU, number two, Ohio State, number three, Clemson, four, Georgia, and five, Alabama. Those top five remaining the same, but now you have number six, Utah, and number seven, Oklahoma. And the reason for that, Casey, is the Ducks went down, losing to Arizona State 31-28. I don't know if you watched this one, but uh, that's a pretty shocking final. Herm Edwards got his uh, signature win finally, didn't he? 
Yeah, he sure did, man. I mean, I was I was not expecting that at all. You know, I thought Oregon had a pretty good team, and and Herm Edwards, you know, I guess he gave them a gave them his his typical rah rah speech. You know, he's a pretty emotional guy, and and uh, yeah, I didn't even this wasn't even on my radar. You know, I mean, if we look across the landscape, you know, this week everything kind of played out the way we thought it would, with uh, that and the the SMU Navy game, I think being really the only two upsets that we had happen um so, yeah, yeah and the smu smu navy game is that's borderline to call that an upset navy's a very good right team right but, they really are yeah, so yeah you know and and uh once again goes to your your discussion about the pac-12 being a garbage conference you know you're you're here you are like oregon's arguably your best team and uh there they go to completely unexpected uh, uh unexpected loss to arizona state so yeah, really, really surprising, man. Yeah. Yeah, Arizona State was ranked earlier this year, but they're 6-5. and five. I mean, yeah. th- this is not an excusable loss for Oregon. All they had to do was win this one, and then they got to play pitiful Oregon State in that joke of a rivalry game <laughs> at the end of the year. So yeah. they, they really blew it. But they'll still get to go to the Pac-12 championship. But even if they win, you know, they're a two-loss team now. They already lost to uh, to Auburn. So – they're for sure not getting in the college football playoff. Um, and it just weakens the Pac-12 even more than it already right. was. Um, yeah. And, yeah. You know, this this goes into the ranking as well, too, right? You know, I, I, LSU, number one, cool with that. Ohio State, number two, I'm cool with that, especially after them struggling with Penn State. You know, Clemson, got to have them in there. Um, and then you get down to, like, Georgia and Alabama. And, I mean, it could be either way, right? I mean, uh, A&M is a good team they're not like an amazing team so you know georgia squeaked out of that so with alabama you know alabama of course uh, stomped uh who'd they play some fcs team probably western carolina I yeah, believe. western oh yeah stomp them so i mean what, what are you going to take from that right? <laughs> so then now you get down into utah oklahoma and uh, you've kind of sold me on this you know i i think oklahoma should be above utah absolutely yeah, yeah, look at look at Utah's schedule. Um, right. The the fact that Utah is ranked in the top ten is just asinine to me. I don't I don't understand where their big win is coming from. And they the, you know the whole thing is yeah they're ten and one. Well, Baylor was nine and zero, oh, and you had right. them ranked at thirteenth. Are you saying that the Pac twelve is better than the Big Twelve? Um, I I take a reality check on that one because who's in the Pac twelve besides Utah and Oregon? And we don't even know how good Utah is. They got beat by USC, who's decent. But their right. big win is against Arizona State right now. And Arizona State is 6-5. and five. I just don't understand it. They beat Washington, but Washington's not near as good as they normally are. I don't know what their record is, but it's, they're not ranked. So I don't understand what the love of Utah is. But, you know, the Sooners are, you know, they're, they're, getting, uh, they're getting disrespected right now. And I think I think going into conference championship week, if, if even if Utah ends up beating Oregon and Oklahoma ends up beating Baylor, you know, I'm sorry, I got to have Oklahoma higher than Utah, even if that plays out, because yeah. you know Oklahoma has Baylor has the Baylor win, which Utah will have the Oregon win, but Oregon, you know, lost to Arizona State. It's it's just I don't know. I don't see a way that you can have Utah over Oklahoma at the end of the year. Right, right. I agree with you. I think yeah. Oklahoma's uh, they should be above Utah. And 
shoot, you know, they may even be argue, an argument for fifth place. I don't know about fourth, but maybe in maybe fifth with Alabama. We'll see. No, 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 not right now. I'd, I'd be happy with sixth. I mean, Alabama, they haven't played anybody. That's why they're behind Georgia. Right. Um, but I don't know if I'm ready because Oklahoma lost to an unranked Kansas State at the time. You know, they've been ranked, but Oklahoma's had a lot of close calls themselves. So, I'm fine with with them being six, but they, you know I definitely think they should be ahead of Utah. Um, but I'm with you. That's just me. So moving on, let's go into our week 14 picks. Oh, before we do that, so I got three out of four right this week. You got two out of four right. So what oh, that means is man. I gain I gain another point. So the season Dang score it. moves to 21, Chuck. And 19 for Casey. So I took a two-point lead on you, Casey. But I'm helping you out because we're doing a four-game slate this week yet again. So you've got even more chances to pick up some ground on me this week. It's rivalry week. It's week 14, the last week of the regular season before we go into bowl week. So, or conference championship week, I should say. So, we've got some Week 14 picks here. Casey, are you ready to go through some of these? Chuck, I'm ready. I was looking through this earlier, and, man, my head hurts. I'm like, <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm so confused. This was such <laughs> – this was probably the hardest one for me to do this time around. And I'm, 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 I, either way, dude, I'm just so – I don't know how this is going to turn out. So, we'll, let's, let's see what we got, okay? Uh, yeah, we, you know, you never know. You never know. In you never know with these. Yeah, exactly. Rivalry week is crazy. We've got some big matchups that we left out. You know, number 19 Cincinnati plays number 18 Memphis um, for the AAC, you know, that, that uh, take the advantage of that. We've got some big, you know, some good rivalry games, Clemson, South Carolina, Georgia, Georgia Tech um, that we just had to leave out because, you know, Oregon's, Oregon State, I guess. Um right. You know, we just had to leave out because we had too many big games. Florida State, Florida. But uh, Rivalry Week is fun, even though you have some of those matchups where there's clearly one rated over the other one. Um, You never know what's going to happen. That's right. But with that, we have plenty of big games this week. And let's start in the Big 12. Since we're talking Big 12, Casey, it's put up or shut up time for Oklahoma. Are they going to prove me right? We got number nine, Oklahoma the Sooners against number 21, the Oklahoma State Cowboys in the Battle of Bedlam. This one's in Boone Pickens Stadium out there in Stillwater. Casey, they're going to be slapping those 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 paddles against oh, the, man. the pads. They're going to be slapping the Cowboys. They're going to be getting up ready to go for this one. They hate the Sooners. What do you see in this Big 12 matchup? You think it's going to be Bedlam? It's, it's it's the battle of bedlam. It's always bedlam. <laughs> it's the battle. Of, it's the bedlam bowl, dude. You know what? Oh, I, I'm like I sat there. I'm like, how, what do I? What am I going to put here? Right? You know, you you never know with this game, and and it's going to be up there in, in Stillwater as well. So you know, it's going to be a hard fought game. I I, I want to pick OSU, right? I mean, I'm leaning towards that, but but I'm not. I'm going with OU. I think OU is going to go in there. They're going to win this game. I think Jalen Hurts is going to going to prove why he is a why he is a leader. Why he is composed. He's been in the big games. He knows what's required of him. I think he's going to go in there, and I think they're going to win thirty four to twenty seven. Chuck, OU Sooners, thirty four twenty seven. You're going with your childhood team. Yes, OU and Oklahoma State. Do you growing up as an OU fan when you were a kid? Did you have a disdain for uh, the Cowboys? 
No, no, no. The disdain was for the Texas Longhorns. Okay, so there's yeah. no, no, really, there's no, no, no uh, not, Oklahoma not, State bias. Not back then. Back then, I remember watching OU play Nebraska and hating Nebraska, and OU playing Texas and hating Texas. I, I don't think the OSU game was was that. I mean, it was a big deal, but I think OU dominated back in the back in the seventies and eighties. Now that I'm dating myself, so it was that's most, true. Yeah, it was reserved for Nebraska and Texas, man. Yeah, we hated them. Oof. That's true. OS, OSU is a very similar story to Kansas State. They really weren't anything before Mike Gundy, as K-State really wasn't anything before Bill Snyder. So, right. Um, yeah, those two teams have, have really woken, awoken in the uh, in the 2000s. So. Awakened? Awoken? Awakened. Awoken? Awoken? I don't think awoken is a I game. Is I a don't word. even know if that's a word. I like it, though. Yeah. Yeah. Awakened. Yeah, that, that's it. Yeah. Awakened. There you, you go. You got it. Um. But, yeah, so, you know, you hit the nail on the head. This one's a, a really tough one to pick. These rivalry games are, are just, you know, you can go either way. Um, it really depends to me. It really depends on Spencer Sanders, the quarterback for Oklahoma State. He has been hot and cold this entire year, thus Oklahoma State having the record and the schedule that they've had. You know, they've lost to, to Texas, who – was looking a lot better at the time, but then they go out and beat K-State, who beat Oklahoma, but then they lose back-to-back games against Tech and Baylor. Then they come back and beat a very good Iowa State team on the road and then beat TCU. And then they struggle last week and just barely beat West Virginia in in Morgantown. Mm -hmm. So it's a very up-and-down season for these Cowboys. It's going to depend on Spencer Sanders and how he plays. Having said that, he is a freshman. I don't like picking freshman quarterbacks, but if there's a time that he's going to step up and if there's a coach that's going to get him to play at that level, it's going to be Mike Gundy and it's going to be in Stillwater against the hated Sooners. I'm going Oklahoma State in this one, but like I said, really depends on Spencer and how he plays. I could see this one going either way. Oklahoma has had a lot of close calls this year, a lot more than they normally do. So I'm going to go Oklahoma State in this one. Don't feel great about it, but uh, I think it definitely can happen. I'm going to go 33-27, Okie State. All right, guns up. There's going to be a lot of Okies from Muskogee just uh, going crazy. (laughs) Going crazy in that one. So moving on, moving on. Let's move on to uh, let's move on to the Big Ten. We got two Big Ten matchups in this one. Let's move to number twelve, the Wisconsin Badgers against number ten, the Minnesota Golden Gophers. Casey, this will be a good game to prove who in that Big Ten, uh, whatever division that is, the Big Ten um, that's not Ohio State, who's for real. This this is a this is a prove yourself game. What do you see in this one? Another one, Chuck. Head scratcher. It's hard for me to pick. It's going to be in Minnesota, right? It, this one is in Minneapolis, TCF Bank Stadium. If you know where that is, whatever that name is. Where you go? <laughs> where you go? Sponsors for ruining perfectly good, you know, names of stadiums. Oh my gosh, that just that, that, oh, that's ridiculous. Are you serious? That's the name of the stadium. TCF Bank Stadium, that, baby, that Minneapolis, makes, Minnesota. Man, that just makes me want to throw up. Listen, Jonathan Taylor is a beast, all right? That being said, Minnesota's defense is pretty decent this year. Do they have the offense to overcome Wisconsin? I think that their defense is going to be able to hold them. I am going Minnesota 21-20. Close game. Jonathan Taylor gets his yards. But I I think that Wisconsin has shown that uh, you know they are vulnerable, 
And Minnesota has shown that they have the moxie to win a big game. So they're going to be rowing the boat. The Golden Gophers are going to stomp down on the Badgers, 21 to 20, Chuck. Good call. Good call. Um, yeah, Minnesota's had a had a very um, miracle season. I mean, it's been a, a really special season to watch. Uh, love watching those Golden Gophers, them rowing the boat. Really great for Minnesota. It's been literally forever since they've been this good. So good to see. This one also uh, is on 2.30 at ABC if you want to catch this one. The Okie-Okie State game is at 7 on Fox. Um, so, yeah, catch those. Uh, I'm with you on this one. I'm, I'm going to pick Minnesota. All right. Um, I'm picking Minnesota. I just like the, the feel that I get from Minnesota. I think they got a lot of mojo going. Not that Wisconsin doesn't, but this is two great defenses. Uh, one of the two, two of the better defenses in the Big Ten. Um, and, and I think Minnesota wins this one being at home. I think they get a lot of juice going their way. I think this one's going to be a relatively low scoring game, kind of pretty similar to what you picked. I'm going Minnesota 17, Wisconsin 13. I'm going to say the Golden Gophers take that one home in Minneapolis. Uh, moving on, let's go to uh, – you know what? Let's, let's go to the SEC. Let's break it up. We'll go to the SEC. We've got the number five Alabama Crimson Tide against the number 15 Auburn Tigers. Casey, I know how much you love some War Eagle. This one is in Jordan-Hare. It's in Auburn. These two ha- teams hate each other. It's on our favorite network at 2.30 on CBS. Casey, are you going to pick the flying war eagle to upset Nick Saban for his second loss of the season? I would love to pick the war eagle, and I'd love to see that war eagle flying around and see Auburn win this game. It's not going to happen. Alabama's going to go in there, and uh, they're going to win this game even without Tagovailoa. All right? You know, uh, they got the – Auburn's got Nick's, the Bo Nick's, the, the freshman quarterback. You know, in a big game, I don't think he's going to be prepared for it. Alabama's going to do what they're going to do, although I think Auburn will give them a fight. So I'm going Alabama 35, Auburn 21, War Eagle goes down. 35-21. You think they beat him by 14 points, man. Yes, I do. If that's not some Alabama bias, I don't know what is. Um, I'm going Auburn in this one. Ooh, Uh, gutsy, gutsy. Plain and simple. Plain and simple, like you said, no Tua. That's a huge impact player that they're going to be missing. I'm not saying they, they're terrible without him. They're not. They've got incredible receivers, incredible receivers. Um, and they've always got, you know, a great defense and a great team. They've been tested once this year, uh, twice if you count A&M and Aggieland. Um, that was definitely a test, but um, really just once. And they had Tua for the A&M game. Um, and they lost LSU and they, you know, they ended up being a close game, but they really got rocked in the first half. Besides that haven't been tested. So I'm going to go Auburn in this one because they're, they're more street tested. They've, they've been in the big matches, you know, against Georgia and, and, um, Florida and, and all these, and A&M and Aggieland, they, they did it too. Um, so I'm, I'm going to go Auburn in this one. They've gotten three chances to win a big game against Florida, LSU, and Georgia, and they've came out striking out on all three. I'm going to say they get this one. Um, this just has a, a feel of an Iron Bowl upset in it. So I'm going Auburn in this one. And uh, I think it's going to be a little lower scoring without Tua. So I'm going to go 29-24. Auburn takes this one home over Nick Saban and the Crimson Tide. 
Nice. Finally, let's wrap this up uh, with the Big Ten matchup, the game. We've got number two, Ohio State Buckeyes. Number 13, the Michigan Wolverines. Casey, these two teams hate each other. Uh, this one is at 11 a.m., everyone's favorite time for kickoff on Fox. <laughs> Shea Patterson. Yeah. Shea Patterson, Justin Fields. Casey, does Jim Harbaugh get it done for the first time in his Michigan coach- coaching career? Yes, he does, Chuck. Whoa. Ding, 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 ding. I am going out on a limb, man. You know what? Michigan started off this season – they did not look that good. Patterson was looking off, but they have gained momentum as they've been going along. Uh, I think Ohio State, you know, that tough game against Penn State, they've looked good against games they're supposed to. But, uh, dude, I, I think Harbaugh is going to have this, have that, have them up for this game. I think the big house is going to be rocking. I think Michigan's defense is going to come to play. Um, you know, it's going to come down to turnovers. And if, if Ohio State has a game where they turn the ball over like they did this last week, Michigan's going to take advantage of that. And I'm pull, I'm saying Michigan's going to win 28-24, to 24, my upset pick of the week, Chuck. Upset pick of the week. Jim, big game Jim gets it done in Ann Arbor, in Michigan Stadium, in the big house. He's going to I earn love, his money. I love that storyline. Um, what, what are you going to do? What a way to spoil the season of the undefeated Buckeyes than to have them lose in the last game of the season. That would be such a sweet storyline for the Michigan Wolverines. Unfortunately, it's not going to happen. I liked what I saw against Ohio State against Penn State, even though Penn State was able to hang in there. Look, this one could go either way. This is a crazy game. This one's going to be in the big house. You know, your storyline absolutely could happen. I think Ohio State has just shown me too much this year. They're really, really, really good. They are beatable. Um, I, I want to reiterate that. But I'm not going to go against them in this one. I think Ohio State pulls this one out. It's going to be an ugly game. It's going to be a, a, a knockdown street fight. I don't think it's going to be a blowout like Jim Harbaugh has had in recent years. Um, but I think Ohio State finds a way out of this one. I'm going to say Ohio State wins this one 38-35, Casey, in the game. Wouldn't you like to be there? Man. That would be a crazy atmosphere. That is one game. That is a game I want to go to. You know what? We should just just take off, dude. We should just, like, go get some tickets, just cruise up there, and go check that game out. Say, see you later. You know, you guys have fun. We're going to be up there watching some uh, bitter rivalry. Wouldn't that be great? Some like twenty five hundred dollar tickets. Yeah, like week of yeah. Which is empty up bank <laughs> accounts, man. <laughs> Fly on up to Ann Arbor. Well, to anyone that's going to that game, um, you know that that is going to be a crazy atmosphere, and uh, you will have a lot of fun. But with that, those are next week's picks. Check check back next week to see how we did. Again, season score right now is Chuck twenty one, Casey nineteen. Check back to see if Casey can catch up as we enter into conference championship the following week. So, Casey, with that, we got our picks wrapped up. I am all ready to hear about your Week 13 Briefcase Player of the Week. Right. And before I do that, though, Chuck, uh, I don't know if you saw that uh, 42 people were charged with disorderly conduct at halftime at the Harvard-Yale game, the classic Harvard and Yale game. They were protesting – 
the destruction of the Earth's atmosphere and uh, delayed the game for quite a while. So I don't know if you saw that, but I thought that was pretty interesting. I did. I did. Very interesting. It was yeah. students from both sides of the teams. Um, <laughs> yeah, interesting uh, platform to uh, protest right. on. But, hey, they, they got their message out. They got their message across only at Harvard, Yale. Huh? Yeah. So, <laughs> all right. That being said, let me, uh, let me dig around here, Chuck. Uh, let me see what we got. Let me, let me pull the briefcase out. Okay, here we go. Got, got it open. Ah, here we go. All right. The, the, the Casey Cup briefcase player of the week. We're going to go with, with two players this week. And and uh, I'm going with a, a, a senior on senior day at the game that I watched. I haven't picked one of these guys, one of these special team players this week. But I'm going to go with uh, Rodrigo Blankenship, a, 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 the, the kicker for the Georgia Bulldogs. Looks like they really were into him. He's got those big square glasses he wears. A lot of a lot of the Georgia player, a lot of the Georgia fans are wearing his glasses. And um, you know he got he was four for four kicking in horrible horrible conditions over there at the for the Georgia Bulldogs. Put up twelve points for them. Really really took care of them and pushed them over the top with the Aggies. So there's your there's a special team player for you this week, uh, Chuck. So that's one of my players. Uh, good nice. performance by him, kicking in some pretty miserable conditions to to keep them ahead of, of the uh, the beloved and wonderful Aggies of College Station. And uh, so for my my next player is uh, Kidon Slovis, the quarterback for USC. Uh, Fifty two, uh, USC won over UCLA. The, their bitter rivals there in in Southern California. They won 52 to 35. He was 37 for, for uh, 47, 37 completions, 47 attempts, 515 yards, four touchdowns, and zero interceptions with a QBR rating of 198. So those are those are my two players of the week, Chuck, Rodrigo Blankenship and Kidon Slovis. Wow. That, uh, I like the special teams player of the week mixing it up. Um, very impressive as long as 49 yards on uh, those field goals. That's pretty impressive with the weather right. that you described. Oh, yeah. And then and then Slovis with 515 at four TDs. Um, man, you can't really do any better than that. So, yeah, yeah those... you know, I, I saw, you know, Anthony Gordon for, for Washington State, you know, like three for 606 yards, but he had three interceptions and he was playing Oregon State. So I just was like, eh, can't really give it to him, even though that's some eye-popping numbers. But, uh yeah, Slovis put up. Slovis had a good game. Yeah, that those are those are video game numbers. Uh, that's hard to do on on NCAA fourteen. I, I would know. I've been playing here recently, but uh, right. <laughs> that uh, two very impressive players. Congratulations to them on their uh, briefcase player of the week. Trophies in the mail, guys. Trophies, Trophies are in the mail. They're heading your way. Trophies in the mail. So uh, yeah. So with that, I just got a quick um, final take. Two things. I just want to. Uh, I just want to give a, a shout out to two DFW, um, uh, I, I would say figures, but one of them is a team, a team and a figure, I should say. Uh, the team is Dallas Stars. If you're not watching Dallas Stars hockey, you need to start watching Dallas Stars hockey, mm. guys. Yeah. If you're thinking that they're one and nine and they're, oh, they suck this year, blah, 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 you need to get that rhetoric out of your head because since October 23rd, I believe, not October 19th, they're like 11, one and one. I mean, these guys are playing amazing go out get yourself some stars tickets watch yourself some dallas stars because this team is on absolute fire and they're looking like they could make a serious run uh, for that stanley cup yeah so watch you some dallas stars the other side of the american airlines center we've got a young rookie we've been blessed with the greatest european basketball player 
of all wow. time in Dirk Nowinski for 20 years. And now we might have the second best, maybe one day the best, I dare not say. But Luka Doncic um, has been absolutely incredible for the Dallas Mavericks. He's setting triple-double records left and right. Crazy. Passing, Le- passing LeBron James for 40-point triple-doubles as a under-21-year-old, you know, yeah. this and that. Every single game he goes out there, he's just lighting it up. So, um, And then Porzingis is, is doing his part, too. But Luka Doncic and the Dallas Stars are giving Dallas fans something to cheer for and something to be excited about. That's so right. Shout out to you guys. Keep it up. It's exciting and fun to watch Mavs and Stars games right now. So Again. Yay. Yeah. You're saving us from a, from a pitiful sports year. Um, so thank you guys very much. Right. But with that, Casey, we're already uh, way out of time. So uh, any, any final words for you? Uh, no, I think I'm good, Chuck. All right. Happy, well, happy uh, Thanksgiving. Yes, yes, that's a good one. Yeah, that's, that's probably good. Happy Thanksgiving, guys. Enjoy your uh, friends, family, and food, and, and make sure you eat your favorite Thanksgiving dish. Uh, have a happy one. And uh, we will join you guys next week. So until next week, he's the briefcase. I'm Chuck Taylor. This has been another episode of Unpopular Opinions.